Chapter 95 How can the voice know where I am and what I can see? I whispered to Feng. All of us had settled into the wide, welcoming branches of an enormous oak tree in Central Park. Almost forty feet in the air, we could talk softly with no one hearing us. Unless the tree was wired. Believe me, I had lost my ability to be surprised by stuff like that. It's inside you, Feng answered, settling back against the tree's trunk. It's wherever you are. If it's tapped into any of your senses, it knows where you are and what you're doing. Oh no, I thought, my spirit sinking. I hadn't considered that. Did that mean nothing I ever did was private anymore? Even in the bathroom? The Gasman's eyes widened with surprise and amusement. Nudge suppressed a grin as I gave Gazzy a narrow-eyed glare. Angel was smoothing Celeste's gown down and neatening the bear's fur. I took out the bank card and examined it. I still had the one we'd stolen from the jerk in California, and I compared them. The new one seemed just as legit as the old one. I stuck the old one deep into a fissure in the tree's bark. Couldn't use it again anyway. So we need to figure out the password, I muttered, turning the new card over and over in my hands. Great. That should only take about a thousand years or so. I was beyond tired. I also had an impressive nod on my head from whacking the sidewalk. Because, you know... I didn't have enough head problems lately. Wordlessly, I held up my left fist. Fang put his on top, then Iggy, then Nudge. Gazzy leaned way over from his branch and managed to barely touch us. Angel leaned down and put her fist on Gazzy's, and then Celeste Paul on top of her fist. I heard Gazzy sigh. Or something. We all tapped hands, and then got comfy on the wide branches. Angel was directly above me, her small foot hanging down to touch my knee. I saw her tuck Celeste firmly against the tree. Kind of sweet. The evening air washed over me. My last thought was that I was thankful we were together and safe for at least one more night. Chapter 96 It is unlawful to climb trees in Central Park, boomed a tinny but very loud voice. My eyes popped open instantly and met Fang's dark ones. We looked down. A black and white park below, its lights flashing. Like, in New York City, they didn't have any more important crimes to work on than a bunch of kids sleeping in a tree. How did they even know we were up here? The Gasman muttered. Who looks up into a tree? A uniformed cop was talking to us through a PA system. It is unlawful to climb trees in Central Park, she repeated. Please come down at once. I groaned. Now we had to shimmy clumsily down instead of just jumping and landing like the amazing super-duper mutants we are. Okay, guys, I said. Get down. Try to look normal. When we're on the ground, we'll make a run for it. If we get separated, connect up at, like, 54th Street and 5th Avenue. Comprende? They nodded. Fang went down first, and Iggy followed him, carefully feeling his way. Man, for big adolescent kids, there were some awesome squirrely climbers. Angel went next, then Nudge, then Gazzy, and I went last. There were signs posted everywhere clearly stating that climbing trees is forbidden. One cop began pompously. We started to back away slowly, trying to look as if we weren't really moving. Are you runaways? The female cop asked. We'll take you somewhere. You can make phone calls. Call your folks. Uh, officer, there's a little problem with that. Another cruiser pulled up and two more police people got out. Then a walkie-talkie buzzed, and the first cop pulled it out to answer it. Now, I whispered, 
and the six of us scattered, tearing away from them as fast as we could. Celeste! I heard Angel cry, and I whirled to see her turning back to pick up her little bear. Two cops were racing toward it. No! I yelled, grabbing her hand and pulling her with me. She almost fought me, planting her feet and trying to unbend my fingers from around her wrist. I swung her up into my arms and took off, tossing her to Fang when I reached him. With a fast glance back, I saw that the female cop had picked at the bear and was staring after us. Behind her, the others were jumping into their cruisers. Just as I sped around the corner, I saw a tall cop sliding into his car. I blinked hard, twice, and my heart seemed to freeze. It was Jeb. Or was it? I shook my head and ran on, catching up to the others. Celeste! Angel cried, reaching back over Fang's shoulder. Celeste! She sounded heartbroken, and it killed me to make her leave her toy behind. But if I had to choose between Angel and Celeste, it was going to be Angel every time. Even if she hated me for it. I'll get you another one, I promised rashly, my legs pumping as I kept up with Fang. I don't want another one, she wailed, putting her arms around Fang's neck and starting to cry. Have we lost him? The gasman called back over his shoulder. I looked back. Two police cars with lights and sirens were weaving through the heavy traffic toward us. No. I put my head down and ran faster. Sometimes it felt as if we would never be free. Be safe. Never, ever, as long as we lived. Which might not be that much longer anyway. Chapter 97 We headed south and east, out of the park, hoping to get lost among the ever-present crowds of people jamming the streets. Fang put Angel down, and she dutifully ran, her small face white and streaked with tears. I felt really, really bad about Celeste. Iggy ran next to me, to barely brush against me. He was so good at keeping up, following us, that it was easy to forget sometimes that he was blind. We passed 54th Street. The police were still behind us. Inside a store? Fang asked, pulling up beside me. Then out the back exit. I thought, if only we could take off, get airborne. Leave the ground and the noise and the crowds and the cops behind. Be up in the blue, blue sky, free. My wings itched with the urge to snap open, unfurl to their full size, catch the sun and the wind in them. Yeah, maybe so, I shot back. Let's turn east on 51st. We did. Then we pounded down the pavement, really fast. I almost laughed when I realized it was a one-way street, going the wrong way. The cruisers would have to take a detour. If only we could find a safe haven before they caught up to us. What's that? Nudge called, pointing. I skidded to a halt, the way they do in cartoons. In front of us was an enormous gray stone building. It soared up into the sky, all pointy and lacy on top. Not like a skyscraper. More as if gray stone crystals had grown toward the sky, stretching up and thinning out as they went. There are three arched doors, the middle one being the biggest. Is it a museum? Gazzy asked. I scanned for a sign. No, I said. It's St. Patrick's Cathedral. It's a church. <gasps> a church? Nudge looked excited. I've never been in one. Can we go? I was about to remind her that we were running for our lives, not playing tourist. But then Fang said quietly, Sanctuary. And I remembered that in the past, churches used to be safe haven for people. Cops weren't allowed in them, like hundreds of years ago. That probably wasn't the case anymore. But it was huge and full of tourists, and it was as good a place to try to get lost as any. Chapter 98 A steady stream of people was filing through the huge middle double doors. We merged with them and tried to blend in. The air was instantly cooler and scented with something that smelled ancient and churchy and just... 
religious somehow. Inside, people split up. One group was gathering for a guided tour, and others were simply milling around, reading plaques, picking up pamphlets. It was incredibly quiet, considering it was a building the size of a football field, full of hundreds of people. Toward the front, people were sitting or kneeling in pews, their heads bowed. Let's go, I said softly. Up there. The six of us walked silently down the cool, marble tile floor toward the huge white altar at the front of the church. Nudge's mouth was wide open, her head craned back as she stared at the sunlight filtering through the stained glass windows. Above us, the ceiling was three stories high and all arched and carved like a palace. This place is awesome, breathed the gasman, and I nodded. It felt good in here, safe, even though erasers or cops could just stroll through the doors like anybody else. But it was enormous inside, and crowded, and there was good visibility. Not a bad place at all. A good place. What are those people doing? Angel whispered. I think they're praying, I whispered back. Let's pray too, Angel said. Uh, but she had already headed toward an empty pew. She eased her way to the middle, then reached down and pulled out the little kneeler thing. I saw her examine the other people for the proper form. Then she knelt and bowed her head onto her clasped hands. I bet she was praying for Celeste. We filed into the pew after her, kneeling awkwardly and self-consciously. Eggy brushed his hand along Gazzy, light as a feather, then mimicked his position. What are we praying for? He asked softly. Um, anything you want, I guessed. We're praying to God, right? Nudge checked to make sure. I think that's the general idea, I said, not really having much of a clue. And yet, an odd sensation came over me. Like, if you were ever going to ask for anything, this would be the place to do it. With the high, sweeping ceiling and all the marble and glory and religion and passion surrounding us. It felt like this was a place where six homeless kids just might be heard. Dear God, Nudge said under her breath, I want real parents, but I want them to want me too. I want them to love me. I already love them. Please see what you can do. Thanks very much. Love, Nudge. Okay, so I'm not saying we were pros at this or anything. Please get Celeste back to me, Angel whispered, her eyes squeezed tightly shut. And help me grow up to be like Max. And keep everyone safe. And do something bad to the bad guys. They should not be able to hurt us anymore. Amen, I thought. With surprise, I saw that Fang's eyes were shut, but his lips weren't moving, and I couldn't hear anything. Maybe he was just resting. I want to be able to see stuff, Iggy said. Like I used to, when I was little. And I want to be able to totally kick Jem's butt. Thank you. I want to grow up to be big and strong, the gasman whispered and I felt my throat close up, looking at his flyaway pale hair, his eyes shut in concentration. He was only eight, but who knew when his expiration date was? So I could help Max and other people too. I swallowed hard, blinking fast to keep any tears at bay. I breathed in heavily and breathed out, then did a surreptitious 360. The whole cathedral was calm, peaceful, eraser-free. Had that been Jeb I saw, back with the cops? Were the cops really cops, or were they goons from the school, or from the institute? What a bummer the angel dropped Celeste. Jeez, the kid finally gets to have one thing she cares about, and then fate rips it from her hands. Please help angel about Celeste, I found myself muttering, and realized I had closed my eyes. I had no idea who I was talking to. I never really thought about if I believed in God. 
Would God have let the white coats at the school do what they had done to us? How did it work, exactly? But I was on a roll now, so I went with it. And help me be a better leader, a better person, I said, moving my lips with no sound. Make me braver, stronger, smarter. Help me take care of the flock. Help me find some answers. Uh, thanks. I cleared my throat. I don't know how long we were there, till my kneecap started to go numb. It was like a beautiful peace stole over us, the way a soft breeze would smooth our feathers. We liked this house. We didn't want to leave. Chapter 99 I gave serious thought to staying in that cathedral, hiding, sleeping there. There were choir lofts way up high, and the place was huge. Maybe we could do it. I turned to Fang. Should we? I winced as a sharp pain burst in my head. The pain wasn't as bad as before, but I shut my eyes and I couldn't speak for a minute. Images came sliding across my brain like a movie. There were architectural drawings, blueprints, what looked like subway lines. Double helixes of DNA twisted and spiraled across my screen, then were overlaid with faded, unreadable newspaper clippings. Staccato chunks of sound, colored postcards of New York. One image of a building stayed for a few seconds. A tall, greenish building. I saw its address. 31st Street. Then a stream of numbers floated past me. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. What did it mean? I took a couple deep breaths, feeling the pain ease away. My eyes opened in the dim light of the cathedral. Five very concerned faces were watching me. Can you walk? Fang asked tersely. I nodded. We went out through the tall doors behind a group of Japanese tourists. It was too bright outside, and I shaded my eyes, feeling headachy and kind of sick. As soon as we were away from the crowd, I stopped. I saw 31st Street in my head, I said, and a bunch of numbers. Which means... Icky prompted. I don't know, I admitted. Maybe the Institute is on 31st Street? That would be nice, said Fang. East or West? I don't know. Did you see anything else? He asked patiently. Well, a bunch of numbers, I said again, in a tall, kind of greenish building. We should just walk all the way down 31st Street, said Nudge. The whole way, looking for that building, right? I mean, if that's the building you saw, maybe it was for a good reason. Or did you see a whole lot of buildings, or a city, or what? Just that building, I said. Nudge's brown eyes widened. Angel looked solemn. We all felt the same. Twitchy with nervous anticipation, and also overwhelmed with dread. On one hand, the Institute might very well hold the key to everything. The answer to every question we'd ever had about ourselves. Our past. Our parents. We might even find out about the mysterious director the White Coats had mentioned. On the other hand, it felt like we were voluntarily going up to the school and ringing the doorbell, like we were delivering ourselves to evil. And those two feelings were pulling us all in half. You never know until you know. My voice chimed in. Chapter 100 So, do we have money? I hope? The guestman asked as we passed a street vendor selling Polish sausage. Maybe, I said, pulling out the bank card. What do you think? I asked Fang. Should we try this? Well, we need money for sure, he said. But it might be a trap. Away from the trap where we are and what we're doing. Yeah, I frowned. It's okay, Max. You can use it, said my voice. Once you get the password. Thank you, voice, I thought sourly. Any hopes of you just telling me the freaking password? Of course not.
God forbid anything should come easily to us. We had to have money. We could try begging, but we'd probably get the cops called on us ASAP. Runaways and all that. Getting jobs was out of the question also. Stealing? It was a last resort. We weren't to that point yet. This bank card would work at any number of different banks. Taking a deep breath, I swerved over to an ATM. I swiped the card and punched in, Max Ride. No dice. Next, I chart our ages. 14, 11, 8, 6. Wrong. I tried typing in password. Wrong. The machine shut down and told me to call customer service. We kept walking. In a way, it was like we were deliberately slowing ourselves down to give us time to buck up for the Institute. Or at least that's what my inner Dr. Laura thought. What about, like, the first initial of all of our names? The guestman suggested. Maybe it's something like, give me money, Nudge said. I smiled at her. It has to be shorter than that. Beside me, Angel was walking with her head down, her little feet dragging. If I had money, I could get her another Celeste. In the next block, at a different ATM, I tried the first initials of all of our names. M-F-I-N-G-A. Nope. I tried school and maximum. It told me to call customer service. Farther on, I keyed in Fang, Iggy, and Gasman. In the next block, I tried Nudge and Angel. Then, on a lark, I tried today's date. They really wanted me to call customer service. I know what you're thinking. Did I try our birthdays or social security numbers? No. None of us knew our actual birth dates, though we each had picked a day we liked and called it our birthday and the nutjobs at the school had mysteriously neglected to register any of us with the Social Security Administration, so none of us could retire anytime soon. I stopped in front of the next ATM, but shook my head in frustration. I don't know what to do, I admitted, and it was maybe the second time those words had ever left my lips. Angel looked up tiredly, her blue eyes sad. Why don't you try mother? she asked, and then started tracing a crack on the sidewalk with the toe of her sneaker. Why do you think that? I asked, surprised. She shrugged, her arm moving to hold Celeste tighter, then falling emptily to her side. Fang and I exchanged glances. Then I slowly swiped the bank card and punched in the numbers that would spell out Mother. What kind of transaction do you want to make? The screen asked. Speechless, I withdrew $200 and zipped it into my inside pocket. How did you know that? Fang asked Angel. His tone was neutral, but tension showed in his walk. Angel shrugged again, her small shoulders drooping. Even her curls looked limp and sad. It just came to me, she said. In a voice? I asked, wondering if my voice was hopping around. She shook her head no. The word was just in my head. I don't know why. Once again, Feng and I looked at each other, but didn't say anything. I don't know what was in his mind, but I was thinking again about how Angel had been at the school for a few days before we rescued her. Who knows what happened there? What kind of foul, disgusting experiments? Maybe they planted a chip in her, too. Or worse. Hey, and thanks for listening to another episode of Maximum Crime, a Maximum Raid bootleg audiobook podcast. Thing. I am your Olivet Marky. I don't have much to say this time. Um, glad to be back from that little short break I took. Um, hope you guys had a good holiday weekend, if you celebrate that kind of thing. But yeah, nothing much new to say. 
If you want to get in contact with me, you can email me at maximumcrimepod at gmail.com or you can hit me up on my Tumblr over at maximum-crime-pod. Oh, and if you feel so inclined, please leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcast or I think other platforms you can leave comments on too, right? Uh, someone test that out for me and, uh, leave me a nice rating and review, please, if you don't mind. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think other than that, that's all I gotta say this time around. So, until next time, fly on. (laughs) 